This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Uh, Bill C-11, on to more important issues. Canada's legislation that attempts to regulate broadcasting. Uh, it's made it through the Senate now with more than two dozen amendments recommended. And it uh, hasn't been a smooth process, as you know. Uh, but now it's up to the House of Commons ultimately to decide if this bill passes with any or all of the 26 amendments, what it's going to look like. Um, regardless, it has been years and years of struggle that may just may finally be coming to an end here, possibly. So uh, where are we? What does the bill look like today? We're going to chat with Vast Bednar, who is an executive director of the Public Policy and Digital Society program at McMaster University. Uh, Vast, thanks for coming back. Always appreciate your time. Nice to chat. How are you? Excellent. Um, so to start this bill, um, basically what we're talking about here is it's, it's Canada's effort to update our broadcasting laws uh, for the digital age. Essentially, that's how it's built, right? You got it. We're basically sort of trying to work with a framework that's most familiar to us and then say, OK, now we have these newer kind of digital platforms that we want to uh, prescribe or ascribe similar expectations around Canadian content too. So instead of net new, a net new kind of legislative intervention, we're trying to say sort of how, how is this familiar to us and, you know, is this a square peg round hole mm-hmm. or can we sort of, you know, is this a natural way to kind of modernize our legislation? And at the heart of it all, it's kind of like we're still keeping the main focus of all these laws that we've always had, which is sort of somehow to try and protect and promote Canadian content, right? That essentially is said to be at the heart of the matter, right? That's the heart of the matter. And that's sort of what's motivated this or catapulted it to the top of the government's kind of digital policy uh agenda right it's something really unique that canada is pursuing that other jurisdictions aren't um and the hope is that c11 will ensure better competition for digital creators in terms of their discoverability uh their promotion and their showcasing because in in addition to sort of imposing um you know those expectations around a proportion of canadian content or discoverability yeah. it's, it's just about hey you know how what's appropriate in terms of ensuring that people if they want to find and consume more canadian content on these platforms that they can actually do it yeah and you know vast i mean that's great that's all well and good what's that percentage how can you even do that i mean back in the day when this came in you know and you're talking about commercial broadcasters it's sort of like hey if you're going to play music this percentage must be done by canadian artists with some connection you know tv the same things those rules came in because you had broadcast license and all the rest none of that exists in the internet it's, it was designed essentially to be the wild west how can you possibly regulate that you know, was it designed to be the Wild West? Um, the Internet is highly regulated, but it's regulated by these companies that have are creating and uh, creating marketplaces and creating the rules for those marketplaces, right? So really, I think it's about algorithmic uh, accountability, algorithmic transparency. We see through, you know, written histories of, of companies like YouTube, um, you know, people, creators are guessing the algorithm, right? Learning and and sharing what gets promoted or what gets amplified. That can be particular hashtags, can be particular 
lengths of videos, you know, what performs well on these platforms. So, you know, to, to present it as a total Wild West or like a total kind of tabula rasa or kind of uh, totally free marketplace, it's, it's not. I think there's probably a role for the state to make these platforms a bit more um, free and fair. Mm-hmm. And it's also a wonderful policy experiment, right? Um, it's, it is an area that Canada's leading on and that other jurisdictions might be watching, and we might not get it perfect out the gate. Right. Um, as you noted, there are tons of suggested amendments. Who knows what's going to stick? Who knows what's not going to stick? But to me, this is like democracy in action. Like, wow, we're really debating and trying to design something here that's novel. And I think that that part's really exciting. Yeah, exactly. It's better to at least make the attempt and uh, work with it from there. What about the broadcasters? I mean, when we talk about broadcasters in this instance, we're talking about some massive online streaming giants, primarily, right? Places like Netflix and, and the like. Those are sort of the ones that have had the most concern with this. Yeah, we're talking about platforms platforms that stream content. So again, there's a discoverability there. There's a library that they're presenting to people. And again, the content that you see on your Netflix uh, compared to mine uh, is probably a little bit different. In mm-hmm. fact, even not just what's recommended to us, but the previews are algorithmically generated based on content that we like and that we watch. So previews um anyway sorry that's just like a fun fact that i think is really novel and interesting (laughs) but it does not relate to c11 so i'm so sorry yeah uh streaming giants but you know you could see this cascading to other places for instance and this isn't a great example but um uh workout platforms with pre you know pre-programmed uh videos on demand kind of channels will something like c11 at some point apply to your uh peloton Right, okay. a certain amount of Canadian content or Canadian music should be in the in these playlists and things like that. Um, and again, let's see. This is uh, we should be treating digital policy as something that's dynamic and responsive. You know me; I, I think we treat public policy too often as if we're still writing it in stone, mm-hmm. and we're not writing it in stone. So, you know, hopefully, this will improve the environment for Canadian creators and kind of part two, as I look on the horizon, like, is there, is there life after C11? What, what else can we be focusing on? But we might get to have a conversation about compensation on these platforms and how people earn money and whether that's transparent enough. But I, I don't mean to get too, too no, ahead yeah, of you in sure. terms of the news of the day. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, and the other thing, and I don't know what these amendments and all the rest, and the bill's been rewritten so many times, I'm not sure what they've settled on, but I'm already getting, already getting texts. And, and you know this. Uh, you know yeah. this, Vass, of course. You know, oh, this is just the Liberal government's attempt to control our speech, and if you say anything that makes uh, Justin Trudeau uncomfortable, he'll ban you. I mean, where did they end up in terms of making sure that this kind of, and we know the narrative's out there, that this isn't included mm-hmm. in the bill? You know, there's a lot narratively that's become very muddled with this bill, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And you're right. The idea that we are censoring or, you know, infringing on people's free free speech with, with 11 is simply not the case. But it's also a reminder of why we need strong digital policy because of the myths and disinformation that can sort of uh, perpetuate uh, or accelerate online, which is why other stronger digital uh, policy interventions like perhaps the online harms bill that people are expecting to come back, you know, are so important when it comes to the integrity of our 
of our media spaces and, and the places that we're learning. So what do I say to those people? I usually don't end up directly interacting with them. Yeah. I just sort of see it happen, which is also something that's interesting to reflect on, right? Like, should I, should I be, should I be engaging? But it's sort of like, um, you know, with the online news bill, C18, how people have characterized that as being a quote unquote link tax. And yeah. it's not, but it's this characterization that has stuck. So, you know, perhaps it's ultimately a reminder of the many competing interests in this bill and their uh, ability to shape public discourse uh, around it that may or may not be fully accurate. Yeah, and uh, and and we know that. I mean, that seems to happen with each and every issue in the in the public realm these days. Through that, you know, through that. Last one I wanted to ask you about, and there are people that they make their living based on their, you know, their online content. And I'm not talking about Netflix and Google. I'm talking about people like they, that have lots of yeah. followers on whatever. Um, are, are they getting the protection? Because they were worried about this, too. Like, how do you treat me? Am I now suddenly, you know, uh, one of these people that you're targeting? I mean, where do they fit into this? Or do we know yet? We don't totally know. So there was a there was a change that two senators have suggested um, that. Uh, seems to have been done in response to a push from digital creators, um, but it was also supported, seemed to be supported by TikTok and YouTube, um, which narrowed the extent towards you, towards uh, how much user-generated content could be captured, right? So again, difference between a professional company yeah. like Netflix versus me posting, I don't know what I would post online because I don't, uh, <laughs> I'm not the softwares, but like... Uh, videos of me packing my lunch or something yeah so which could make you, know, you a billionaire if you do it right which boggles I mean, the mind but. yeah man <laughs> it, it would be like hey here's a book i read this week or like here's something check out my swiffer um <laughs> so you know many people anticipated that carve out may stick but it may not right, right? Okay. the house could reject it um which is a little bit wild it was proposed by two trudeau appointed independent senators um, and it wouldn't stop the government from regulating, you know, YouTube or TikTok in, in the ways that they, they claim to want to. So that's definitely something to watch. Yep. And it's important, you know, it's really important that creators were, had their voices heard and were able to participate in this process and that the government's speaking to them directly. Um, that's novel, right? And that's new. And that needs to keep happening because again, I don't think we're going to get this perfect out the sure. gate. Yeah. But I do think we should recognize it as Canada being innovative on digital policy in terms of, you know, our values and digital ecosystems. And we're, we're trying to kind of keep creators at the forefront. Lots of messiness, though. Of you course, know, what yeah. is Canadian content? What isn't it? Stuff like that. But like you say, it's a process. Fast, thanks so much for your time. I always appreciate you being here. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.